Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys out to another YouTube live of yours truly, where it's my goal to help you make sense of your life, to make sure that you grow holistically for God's optimal use. If you're watching this live, do a big favor. Come on in, hit that like button, get your questions ready. Uh, let me know where you're watching from. And those who's watching later on YouTube, uh, you do the same. Come on in. Those who are subscribers, of course, and you already know the content and you love what I do here, go ahead and come on in, like, and uh, and uh, just get ready to enjoy yourself because we're going to have a lot of good, I'm sure, through the help of the Holy Ghost, uh, good questions answered. And for those who are just like, okay, uh, these videos, videos long, uh, the timestamps are below. For every question that was asked and answered, the timestamps will be below. But if you're brand new and you're like, man, it's the first time I've ever seen this guy and I like what he's saying, make sure you subscribe, hit that bell so you can get post notification. If you like to also contribute or, or participate in the Q&A segments, uh, make sure you subscribe, hit the post notification, hit the bell, all that good stuff because no man, no woman knows they are. When Coach Josh is going to do a live Q&A. So I love you guys. I'm excited about this time. I'm going to get right into the chat box and see who's here. But before I do that, I want to also welcome those who listen on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. I want to say thank you all so much for listening. Those who watch, those who are consistent, those who are part of the Unpluggers community here online, I want to say thank you. Um, without you guys, man, uh, um, my ministry will be up now. Without Christ, my ministry would be in vain. But I'm I kind of an honor to serve you all. So I'm excited that y'all see value in what I do uh, to the point to where you will trust me with your questions. And um, just want to say thank you. But let's get right to the chat box and see who's here. I probably won't be before you guys long, probably a good 30 to 40 minutes. <clears throat> and then we'll get right into it. Destin for royalty, what's going on? Jennifer Gilman, hey, what's going on? Jay Keaton, coach, what's going on? Enik Charles, what's going on? Pink October, how you doing? Shiro Kamu, hey coach, I'm streaming from Sweden. Thank you so much. For, so thank you so much for watching from Sweden. Thank you for, I know it's late there. So for you to watch me right now, I just want to say thank you uh, for your time. Uh, Kristen Phillips, hey, what's going on? Elsa Jensen, what's going on? Sugar Mama, what's going on? Lighting, hey. Carissa Powell, hello, I'm watching from Texas. Thank you so much for watching from Texas. Thank y'all so much. Jared, what's going on, fam? Jake, do you believe people die within their sin, even though they have a death date, but die in sin before the date? Um, uh, let's see if I understand your question. Do you believe people die within their sin? Yeah, a lot of people die in their sin, even though they have a death date, but die in sin before. Well, basically, the day you die is your death date. Um, uh, you don't die no day sooner uh, and no day later because God is omniscient. He knows the day that you're going to die. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people die prematurely. There's a lot of people that die before the time. They die through their habits. Um, and I think I've never been <clears throat> seated in during judgment day. So I don't know how God's conversation is, but I'm sure there's discussion on uh, um, bringing awareness to uh, what possibly contributed to them dying early. That's why for those who are alive and remain, I think that it's very important for you to really uh, uh, number your days. Um, there's a verse in Psalm that says, Lord, teach me how to number my days uh, so that my heart will be full of wisdom, um, that days are a blessing, that it's important for us to count them and, and, and steward them. Uh, because they are valuable, not just valuable just by just by being valuable. They're valuable um, for us to make uh, uh, our time valuable to someone else. And so, um, yeah, people die and they sin all the time. People, a lot of people die prematurely, uh, and and I'm sure um, uh, it sucks for them, uh, for people, anyone <clears throat> who dies for their purpose uh, before the day they were supposed to, or whatever. But I think it's very important for those who are alive to really process. What am I doing in my life? Uh, am I am I ready for that day? Am I ready to meet my maker and really uh, um, um, have that conversation? Am I doing uh, what I need to do today 
to make sure my life is full. But great question. Do you believe people die within their sin? Yeah, all the time. Even though they have a death date, but die in sin before the date? Yeah. A lot of people die before the day that God de desired for, not desired, but uh, uh, planned for them to die uh, for fulfillment. Um, but but that's the, that's the, um, that's what comes with free will. And I think we who are alive should be better stewards of our lives so that, so that we really live our lives to the full and in wisdom and in grace and in truth so that we maximize our days for God's glory. Great question. Pink October says, I need help with focusing. I'm in school and at times I can't concentrate. What can I do? Uh, concentration is based upon um, um, what you want out of your life. Um, it's hard to focus, especially when you're going through a process that you don't want to, Pink October. So that's a lot of people who, who are going through school and like this class sucks, but you have to have a greater goal. You have to have a greater why that makes that uh, that class that you really don't care about valuable. Um, and so if the greater goal is that this degree, this schooling, this passing or whatever is essential from overall goal, then you will do whatever it takes. Man, when it comes to writing books, the, 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 the process of writing a book, all of it is not just uh, fun and exciting. There's a lot of parts of writing. There's a lot of parts of purpose. There's a lot of parts of creating a product or producing um, that you just don't like, but you do it for a greater goal. And it takes extra time to do the timestamps. It takes extra time to uh, cut and uh, uh, edit these videos. It takes time um, um, to prepare yourself. And there's parts of even this process that I'm like, man, I really wish somebody else, but I know for a fact at timestamps is a greater service. Uh, um, uh, doing these videos, chopping them up is a greater service. And so you do what you got to do because of the greater cause. So what I would do is I would get a sheet of paper and write down, why must I do this? Why must I do the mundane? Why must I do the things that I don't really want to do? And then when you're doing it, at least in that moment, as a human, you at least able to process, you know what, I got to get this done because if I get this done in excellence, it will benefit me. And I think doing the things you don't want to do makes you a better steward of the things that you want to do, because the things that you want to do is going to be a lot of things or components about that that you don't want to do and practicing uh, resiliency, practicing consistent, even in the midst of quitting or not wanting to do it will help you when you actually do the thing. You're like, man, I thought that this thing that I really want to do in my life, I would like all parts of it, but in reality, you're not. And so uh, embrace it, go through it, because in doing so, you learn how to really steward what you want to do, because what you want to do is going to be a lot of things in that that you don't want to do. Hope to help. Javon, what's up, Josh? What's up, family? I'm a 26. Let me scroll up. <clears throat> all right, here we go. What's up, Josh? What's up, family? I'm a 26-year-old male, and my little cousin, 16, says she wants to be. I'm so glad you asked this question. I saw, I see your question all the time, and I'm like, man, that question is always the question that's after my last question. I was like, man, I hope that that person doesn't grow weary and well-doing, for in due season, I'll answer their question if they faint not. So, Javon, let me ask you a question. I'm a 26-year-old male, and my little cousin, 16, says she wants to be an Instagram. She wants to be Instagram famous. What advice should I give her? Um... Good question. What I would do with her <clears throat> is to ask her the simple question why. What I've learned in life when it comes to people is, number one, people are going to do what they want to do. Um, it's about how you, it's how you offer the pearl that gives the pearl at least a chance to help that person, right? <clears throat> so if you go to a person and you just want to come and just kill their dream, um, no, nah, you don't kill their dream. 
um, because they're, at that point, they love the dream more than you. They love this idea more than you. And as an uncle, as a brother, as a, as a coach, um, I've seen this evident in my life and any relationship that I'm in or friendship or whatever that I'm in, I realize that you can't force or make someone do anything because at the moment of them pursuing a thing, they love their pursuit of a thing more than they love you. And that's a hard pill to swallow. So the best advice I would give is to go to God first. God, I pray that you open the door for me to give the advice that I need to give uh, for my, my cousin uh, um, and be prepared to give that pearl peacefully. Be prepared to give that pearl and showing that you there's a better way and you're executing of that. Um, you'll be ready to give that pearl um, to help her acknowledge God and et cetera, et cetera. Um, because um, 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 her at 16, she's going to think. And, and you, and when you know your cousin and you examine uh, possibly the vanity, which I can kind of feel that there's vanity there, um, the best way is to ask the Holy Spirit, what's the best angle um, to, to give this pearl? And should I, and how do I give this pearl? Because if you try to give it without the Holy Spirit, it's, it's only it's going to feel like hate. And a lot of people, they don't they, they, they don't want to hear your critique. They don't want to hear what you have to say because they really want to see it for themselves. And some people, you have to let them learn the hard way. And that's what I realized in any type of advice giving, any type of helping people, people are going to do what they want to do. And you got to be okay with that. You got to let her do what she want to do uh, while you're led by what God wants you to do. And in the right timing, when you are able to give that advice, you will be able to give the advice in love. Even if she pursues it and fail, you'll still love her because, you know, people are people. And when you can swallow that and realize, hey, man, the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to intervene. Because some people you have to just wait in a ditch for, you know, some people fall into the ditch and, and, and sometimes you got to beat them to the ditch and be there to help them out. You see what I'm saying? And that's the best advice I can give, because trust me, I've tried. I've tried to save people before they fell off the cliff. I tried. I tried to scream on the sidelines. You're heading towards a ditch. You're heading towards a fall. I've tried, I've tried, I've cried, I've cried, I've, I've pleaded, I've pleaded, and they still did what they want to do. But I realized I had to swallow my own pride when they come into realization that what they did was in pride. And I had to be peaceful and, and loving when they come out of that ditch, helping them out of it, letting them know, hey, this is the reason why this is vain. Um, she's 16. She's probably going to pursue it. Unless the Holy Spirit shows you how you can intervene and help her. Because if the person's heart is really speeding towards that, you don't want to go outside of your spilling because both of y'all get a ticket, if that makes sense. So that's the advice I can give you because you can give her all the advice that she wants. But most people won't take the advice because they want to at least see what it's like. All you got to do is still be loving, still being kind, and don't be like I told you so. Hope to help. Rodeo Jordan says, hey, coach, how are you? Uh, Thomaston, Georgia in the building. Thank you for watching, Rodeo Jordan. We're glad to have you. We know you're a faithful watcher. David Xavier says, hey, coach, why is swearing a sin? Um, we can look at the word swear or or curse. Um, it's a sin because your words are valuable. The Bible says everyone will be judged by every idle word that they say. God is so, why do you think God cares so much about words? Because he started this whole thing with words. And the Bible says out, uh, out of uh, life and death, they're in the power of the tongue. So God cares about words because careless words have damaging effect that some of the words that we have allowed to be within our vocabulary that society or culture has has infused itself into our lives are not infused idly. They're infused intentionally with the whole purpose of you 
damning your life or destroying your life, potentially affecting the mindset and the stability of someone else. And God cares about your words because words have power and not only power against yourself, but power in the lives of others. And so that's why the Bible really talks about us guarding our tongue and making sure that we speak uh, things that are that are in, co in cohesive, that are cohesive or connected to uh, things that are beautiful, things that are just, things that are honorable, things that are that are going to bring life to things. And that's why swearing, cursing, uh, idle phrases, hollow words all have the same weight in regards to sin because of what it does, what it does in your life, what it does in your in, in the way you communicate, because what you the words you practice now are the words that will spill over when pressed. You know what I'm saying? And so the best way to avoid idle words is to respect words, is to honor God's view of words and speak accordingly. It's a sin because of his power. The Bible warns us that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And God cares about that because right now the world is still being sustained by let there be. And what you say is letting there be. And, and God is saying that is hindering the purpose in your life. That's hindering the, 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 the esteem in others. And it's just not beneficial. So swearing and cursing is a sin because of what they do. And swearing and cursing alone is not just the, 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 the deadliest words. Also deadliest, deadly words are words that we speak idly. And you have to examine why is culture so infused with negative phrases? Oh, she's bad. Oh, that's wicked. Um, um, all these different phrases that, that are twisted and wicked because words are valuable. And if the demonic world through uh, culture can infuse your vocabulary, then you will be subtly damaging yourself and not even knowing it. That's why swearing, cursing, hollow phrases, idle words are sin. Good question. Thank you, Destin. Thank you for hitting the like button, everybody. We got 70 people in the building. Let's get those likes up. I really appreciate that. It really helps this channel get in front of more people so we can be able to serve them and give them the truth that they need. Um, Sugar Mama says, hey, from Tulsa. That's my old stumping ground, Sugar Mama. I went to college at Oral Roberts University back in the early, well, 2005 to 2009. So I know Tulsa. I haven't been there since 2009, but Tulsa, I miss it. Uh, great. Uh, let's go to the next question. Anik Charles says, how to handle doubts? Doubting God when things happen and you don't understand. Great question. I'll be talking about doubt and double-mindedness um, this Thursday for the Purpose Singleness course. If that's just something that, that intrigues you and you haven't signed up yet, uh, make sure you sign up for the Purpose Singleness course. It'll be uh, lecture six. That we'll be on lecture six and we're going to be talking about double-mindedness and doubt. And so I have a lot of great points on doubt and double-mindedness um, that will benefit you this Thursday if you can join me. But I'm going to answer your question for sure. Um, but also be uh, be prepared for a greater dense content of material coming this Thursday. But to answer your question right now, how to handle doubts, how do you out-doubt? You out-doubt with the truth. Doubt is the enemy of truth. Doubt is, is the fruit of fear. Doubt is the fruit of desired complacency. Doubt it's one of those things that 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 questions the validity of something, that questions the truth of something. And so anytime you doubt something, before you doubt it, you got to examine the facts of the thing that you're doubting, uh, especially when it comes to God. And most of us, the reason why we doubt God, because we think God has disappointed us. The only time God disappoints us is when we put false expectations on him. When we make God like men and we make men like God, that's when doubts occur. That's when disappointments occur. And so the examination that you have to start with is with yourself. Why do I doubt God? Is it because that God disappointed me? Is it because that I'm still single? Is it because that I don't have what I think I should have? And what you need to do is 
is examine the character of God so that you can understand uh, the state of your life. And when you understand the character of God and his attributes and how he moves and how he does things, it begins to bring factual uh, uh, um, stability inside of you that when you do go through life where you're tempted to doubt God, there's enough evidence there to prove that, oh, this is probably how God will move in a situation. This is the why why I am where I am. And the reason why we doubt God is because we don't, we, we don't want to look at ourselves. So we don't want to be... Um, uh, culpable. We don't want to be responsible. So we, I rather doubt and make an excuse on someone else on why I am where I'm at, so that so that I can feel great about where I'm at. That's what I'm saying about you. But the goal is for you to examine yourself to see why you think the way you think, to see why you process God the way you process Him. But don't process a God and come out with 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 facts. Not facts. You come out with of it with with your truth of the matter without first examining the truth of the matter. So let's read your question again. How to handle doubts. This is how you handle doubts. You handle doubts by investigating them. You handle doubts by uh, uh, developing your uh, uh, understanding of what you're doubting. Um, you, pro- you, uh, you handle doubt by, by, by first, let's do it like this. There's a man in the Bible that said, um, I think he wanted his, his daughter needed to be healed or something like that. Please excuse me if I get the wrong. But he says, uh, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's, all, that's an okay place to be at. It's okay to be at a place where God, I believe, but a part of me doesn't believe. That's honesty. But if we're saying, you know what, God, I choose not to believe in you because X, Y, and Z, then that shows a level of pride. But if you're, if you, no one's going to be always every day at a hundred percent belief, but there has to be, um, equity there has to be a foundation in you that when those doubtful moments come that there there's a there's a gear that kicks in of faith that makes you say you know what god is well able or i'm the reason why i did this if i change this habit if i change this pattern if i change this way of thinking then i would be at the right place of life and not sinking if that makes sense um how to handle doubts doubting god when things happen and don't understand first off we as humans, from my vantage point, are not going to understand everything. So take that take that um, weight off your shoulder. You're not going to understand everything about God. You're not going to understand everything about life. But we know that those who love God and are called according to his purpose, all things turn around for their good. We know that God's a present help in a time of trouble. We know for a fact that there are some responsibility of us that if I trust the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding, but all my ways knowledge him, my past will be made straight. So Knowing scripture and understanding who God is and and doing apologetics to kind of help you understand and prove the validity of the Bible and the validity of the man, Jesus, and his divinity and who he was and who he said he is and the power in that name will help you as you grow in life so that you will be uh, 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 in moments of doubt and be quickly outed because you have built your faith. But, But if there's no fellowship, there won't be no faith. Faith is birthed out of, a greater faith is birthed out of, out of fellowship with God. That the more you get to know someone or something, the more you have faith in that thing or person. So the more you get to know God, the more faith you will have in him in moments when you find yourself not understanding. And that's life. Um, The good thing is that you're alive. The good thing is that he is a present help. And people die and things happen to other people around us, but we can't get so caught up on a negative. But sometimes what helps you get over the negative is seeing the positive in it and seeing the person within it. And also being understanding that you're human. You're not gonna you're not gonna just be gung-ho and excited by everything, but 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 in the midst of pain, we'll see who you really trust. And that's what you have to understand that you're not going to understand everything.
uh, but the one who does will make everything make sense in time. Hope to help. But this Thursday, make sure you uh, um, join me. If you can't join me live, no worries. The video will be posted Thursday night, and we're going to be talking about doubt and double-mindedness, and I will go in great detail about how to overcome doubt. But I hope what I said uh, helped you uh, thus far. The Truest Cham says, Good evening, Coach. What's going on, fam? Is it ideal to find a teacher slash mentor to help grow my craft, or do I let God lead me? Great question. Um, in the meantime, well, not in the meantime, but in all times, let God lead you. Because sometimes we want a mentor so much, we want a, a, a coach so bad that we lose sight of the greatest mentor and the greatest coach of all time, and that's the Holy Spirit, the greatest gift that God gave us. Jesus told his boys, man, it's expedient for me to go, because if I don't go, the comforter can't come. And, and, and that's the one, that's the creative spirit, the creative force of God. The same spirit that hovered over darkness that was waiting on the word of the Father was the same. It's the same spirit in us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in us. And I think when we, um, what I've learned in life is that, uh, like my pastor's my mentor, but I probably talk to him privately, uh, probably once every three months because I could talk to God every day. And 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 also in with following the Holy Spirit, and there's nothing wrong with mentors and coaches because there's going to be some things in life that the Holy Spirit uses a person that has experience in that area to nurture you and grow you in that area, and for you to watch closely. But the most important thing is is to say, have I spent time with the one that gave me the craft? Have I spent time with the one that created the world? Because in doing that, you won't be so dependent on that mentor when they come but you will begin to utilize your resources. You got to be resourceful first before God surrounds you with resourceful people. Because if you don't know how to be resourceful yourself, when resourceful people fail or resourceful people just be humans and resourceful people got husbands, got wives, got families, and they're not able to give the time that you need, you won't be stagnant in the process. So the best thing is be resourceful now. Uh, and, and as the Holy Spirit leads you to resourceful people, you already know how to maximize your time, you know how to maximize maximize your resources, you know how to maximize the things that are around you. That's what I do. I'm very resourceful. Before I reach out to anyone, I, I see what resources am I full of. I, I, I utilize the things that are around me. First off, I go to God and I say, God, why you want me to do this? Uh, how you want me to do this? What angle do you want me to come at this? And I have papers and papers and notebooks and notebooks of me going through my creative process with the Heavenly Father which then maximizes my craft. And then like my pastor is nurturing the greater gift in me that I'm called for, the, the office that I'm called for. That's going to take three, four, five greater years to, to birth out of me. But I'm not sitting there, hey, pastor, how do I develop a sermon? Pastor, how do I do this? No, I'm resourceful. Holy Spirit will show me the things that I need to do. And then when it comes to greater levels of, of molding, then he'll bring a mold that has mastered the mission that I'm in submission to, if that makes sense. So good evening, coach. Is it ideal to find? No, no, no. Don't, don't let them find you. Don't go looking for anything. Let them come looking for you. Let God, like, let, let God send them. You know, the, uh, the frankincense, the myrrh, the gold came to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, 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 and you just got to let those gifts come to you and, and ask yourself, uh, have I been resourceful? Am I setting myself to idolize a person when they come? And am I really being, am I really capitalizing on, on my ability to process, to be resourceful, um, to Google, to, to, to research, to study? 
And right now you live in an age, we live in an age where mentorship is easy. You can go to YouTube and say um, how to do X, Y, and Z, how to do uh, um, ABC. And you can allow those things to kind of teach you as God sends you the right people at the right time to mentor you. So my best advice, um, be led by God and everything. Because even if you get a mentor, they just counsel. They just counsel. Um, but don't let them be um, the end all, be all, and the voice all of, of your life. And that's where a lot of people get idolatry. That's when pastors be calling their, their, their sons, sons, and daughters of the faith. Nothing wrong with that to a degree. But God also said don't call anybody else father like that. Um, because that can get you into idolization and, and seeking them more than you seek the Heavenly Father. That makes sense. Lisa Wolf, what's going on? Jake Keaton. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Shiro Kamu. How do you keep boundaries with your baby's father? Because God told you that he has another man for you. Um, you got to set boundaries. You know what boundaries to set based upon what you desire to build. If you desire to build, everything that's built has boundaries. So if you desire to build yourself up as a solid Christian woman, then you can understand or really easily process what boundaries you should set. Um, if you know that uh, there's some soul tied there, you know that there's a pool there, you know for a fact that I have to limit my time with this person. Uh, boundaries are are easily able to easily are easy to set when you know what you want to build. If you don't know what you build, then your boundaries will then you will be boundless, and then you'll be uh, not protected because you have no clear direction of what it is that God wants you to build. So, how do you keep your boundaries? Is to make sure that you know first that you're bound to God as a daughter. You are bond servant. You're you are you are servant of God. You there's a purpose, and when you have a greater purpose, then you'll begin to. It's easy for you to put people at bay because you know whatever they got to say, whatever they want to do, is going to affect what you're going to do, and you will have a greater. Uh, uh, you won't be so nice. You won't be like, oh well, you can stay. No, no, no. Um, um, when you have a greater purpose, hey, your presence affects this. So I'm gonna limit that presence. Uh, you, whatever that you're doing, whatever it's doing is invading what I'm trying to build. So I have to set those boundaries. Um, keeping boundaries is based upon what you endeavor to keep. Uh, boundaries are based upon what you endeavor to build. Uh, and and if that man wants to marry, you know, for a fact, God has someone else. We got to stay committed to it because at the end of the day, you don't want to build resentment and anger towards a person uh, 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 when you should be mad at yourself, but you mad at them because they got in the way or you allowed them to get in the way of you fulfilling uh, your purpose. And so what you do is get a sheet of paper and write down, what is it that I endeavor to build personally? If I know for a fact that God has someone else for me, cool. Uh, um, if I know that I want to build myself into, into a great woman of faith, I know what I need to do and establish what boundaries will keep you building at a right level without being affected. And then you'll be able to know exactly what boundaries to put and, and, and you'll be confident in communicating when that person's trying to impede on those boundaries, if that makes sense. Um, I'll be talking about boundaries, I think this Saturday for the Good Guys podcast, and uh, I'll be talking more in depth about those boundaries. Uh, but but it's hard to keep boundaries when you're not bound to God. It's hard to keep boundaries when you're not sound. It's hard to keep boundaries when you don't really have a, a mission to be on the pound in, like a pound. I'm pounding it out. I'm doing what I got to do. It's going to be hard to keep boundaries. But when you develop those things, your soundness, your boundness, and your poundness, man, your boundaries will be set forever against those people that may try to impede. Hope they help. But never let someone get in the way of what you want to have one day.
Please understand that. And accountability helps as well. Clarissa Powell says, oh, Keaton, that's what's up. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I know. I know. We be, we be touching agree on a lot of things. A lot of people here, they, they be saying the same thing, helping me minister on the chat box. Carissa Powell, I got time for maybe two or three more and I'm done. I have an ex-boyfriend who was hot and cold with his life and emotions. I have given him time after time to get things right. Um, every time I move on, here he comes now. He is saying, man, let me scroll back up. Give me one second. I have an ex-boyfriend who was hot and cold with his life and emotions. I have given him time after time to get things right. Every time I move on, here he comes. Now he's saying that he is ready. Man, listen, readiness is not proved on, it's not proven in the moment of readiness. Readiness is proven in moments that test that readiness. Um, anybody can get ready until it's time to be tested. You know, if you dress fast, you lose. You see what I'm saying? If you get dressed too quick, you miss things. Uh, and so what I would do is, uh, if, because uh, previous patterns can help you predict future patterns. Now, if he has showed you weeks, months, and, and, and more months that his patterns are different and he's and he's pursuing uh, uh, himself to become a better person, then maybe he is worth your time. But if the previous patterns like yesterday, because most people try to get ready when they feel that you're leaving. Uh, most people try, oh, no, 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 I'll go with you. You know what I'm saying? You'd be wanting to go get something to eat and you're like, man, I'm hungry. And you done told the person to get something to eat and you, when you about to leave, now they want to get ready, stalling you from fulfilling your, your uh, stomach needs. You see what I'm saying? That's the same thing. People know, oh, shoot, I feel like she's leaving. So let me give the facade that I'm ready, but I'm not really ready. I just want to be able to look like I'm ready to bring her back in, to reach out, to reel her back in to my uh, dysfunction. And so what I would do is I would, I would go off from the previous patterns. And, and first off, ladies, you have to understand, a man is supposed to be a man that is ready, um, who has been readied, readied by the one who is God. And, and a lot of times the women will, will fall into the, the quick uh, show of a thing versus the provenness, the uh, being proved to be the person that they say they are. And so what you got to do is keep it moving. Keep it moving right now and ask God is the one for you uh, because a man who really wants you, a man who's sent by God is ready because he was getting, he got ready with the one that, that, that knows how to ready him. So I have an ex-boyfriend who is hot and cold with his life anymore. Listen, if it, it, I'd rather for you to be hot and cold. He says, well, lukewarm. Right now he's lukewarm. He's trying to be uh, the two things. He's trying to prove. And, and when a man is wrestling, you got to let that man get his rest. And a man is going to ruin the life of a woman if he hasn't first allowing his life to be uh, 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 stilled by God. Because a restless man is annoying to a woman who is at peace. And if you at peace with your life and this man wants to come and impede on that on that rest and also and is causing your still waters to be rushing waves, then, then it's going to distract you. And then it's going to get your emotions connected. Listen, if he don't got himself ready, if his emotions ain't stable, he's going to make you unfit and emotionally restless for what it is that you're reaching for in your life. So what I would do, I would leave him with himself. If you don't see no evidence that he is rested in Christ, if you see no evidence that that or you haven't heard from God that he's the one for you, don't wait for anything. That's what I would tell you. I wouldn't wait on him. I wouldn't worry about him. I would keep moving on with your life. And he's going to try because guys will do whatever it takes to get your attention again. And then once he has your attention, he falls right back to those uh, practices. So what I would do is keep it moving and trust God. Simple as that. Every time I move on, here he comes. You keep moving. 
eventually he's going to stop following you. Don't stop to hear what's behind you. You see what I'm saying? See, you should be pursuing what's being spoken ahead of you. Don't stop to turn around and hear what's behind you because it stops you from going to what you need to go after. So what I would do is I would keep moving and, 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 and over time you realize he's not going to be pursuing you because the only reason why he's coming after you now is because he feels that there's no more connection anymore. And men will do whatever it takes. They'll cry tears. They'll go to the gym. They'll eat better. They'll go to church. They'll shout in the corner. They'll run downstairs, get their life to Christ. They'll do all the things that they think will get your attention again. And then when they got your attention, they get comfortable again. Never allow someone to take your attention away from where you need to go. Because people who get your attention try to bring you into tension. And they try to get you come find quarantine in their dysfunction. And then you find your life dysfunctional. And then that person is sucking the life out of you when your life should be given to your purpose. Hope to help. Great questions. Rodeo Jordan says, Coach, God told me myself, told me myself I was going to be financially established as an entrepreneur, but my finances has dried up totally. What's going on? In order for you to be financially strong, you got to be able to steward when all finances are gone. You see what I'm saying? You got to be able to stomach it when all finances are gone. Because usually God dries up, I want to say dries up the money, but he, he dries up your idol. When you look at Moses, when he came to Pharaoh, the reason why God kept hard in the hearts of Pharaoh, because God wanted to show Pharaoh and the Egyptian people that he was God over all the other gods. See, the top 10 gods or the top gods in Egypt were, were attacked by God's 10 plagues. The 10 plagues revealed that he was God over the water, that he was God over the frogs. He was God over the anything that the plagues was against. And, 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 God did that to reveal his power, to reveal his strength. And sometimes when God knows that you're idolizing money and that you have made money your God, what he does is he begins to show that he is your source and he'll dry up the money and put you in a peculiar situation. Now, when I hear me close, I'm not saying they're saying God will strip you of your need and, and like you don't have no money to pay your bills and do anything. We're not talking about that, but he'll dry up resources to see, do you trust me enough to bring you out of this? Or are you going to be that type of person that when you make your money, you leave God? And so the reason why, uh, uh, if, you, if you're not able to stand in faith when money is gone, you're not going to be strong enough to manage money when money is in abundance. And so if you're strong, if God has called you to be financially uh, successful, et cetera, et cetera, entrepreneurially sound and whatnot, um, he's going to show himself God over money. So that he'll prove to you that he is your source, not money. Money's a resource and God's source. So God wants to put himself in the right order by making him your source. And you'll begin to look at money as a resource and not a source of provision. It's a resource of provision, but it's not the source of provision. Because there's going to come a point in entrepreneurial endeavors where you're going to have no money. You're going to have to still be able to uh, see the salvation of the Lord in his provision. God told me. Myself, I was going to be financially established as an entrepreneur, but my finances are dried up totally. What's going on? Um, it's dried up one of two reasons. Either God is doing what I told you before, or you're just a bad steward of money. And so what you got to do is look at your money. I've been there. So I, I was looking like, man, God, where the money? And God was like, I sent that dollar amount for a specific thing. I give an example. Um, there was some money that was that I used of mine. This was many years ago. And it's what really taught me the stewardship of money. 
and I, and I spent the money on flyers. I spent the money on marketing endeavors, but God had a specific thing for that money to be used for. And I spent it up. And then what was crazy was the amount that I was supposed to pay for an event or whatever, the amount that I was supposed to pay for something that God really wanted me to do was the exact amount down to the penny of what he gave me before. But I didn't have the money then. And I, I, was, sit, I was sitting there. I was like, man, the same amount. And God's like, you got to make sure that you give every penny to me and trust me with every penny because God sends resources for specific needs. And if you keep spending money and want to be your own entrepreneur, then you will miss out on making your money as fruitful as it need, as it could be. Hope that helps. Enoch Booktomb says, hey, coach, what's going on? Much love to you from here. Thank you for watching from Canada, family. Um... Okay, Chris, I already asked you. Jessica Reed, what's up, Jay Keaton? You're so welcome, fam. Jessica Reed says, hi, coach. In your opinion, what are the best attributes of Charlotte? Um, Charlotte's cool. Charlotte's changing. Um, Charlotte's not like how it used to be. There's a lot of people moving here. Um, Charlotte's cool. I think Charlotte's... Um, um, that's a good question. Are you talking? You asking the wrong person. I don't really do much. You know what I'm saying? I I be doing videos, writing books, creating card games, spending time with my wife, family, whatnot. Um, so I don't really really engage in Charlotte much. I guess I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's Charlotte not the same like it used to be. Um, and so that's all I got to say. Um, but if there was an attribute of Charlotte that I like, I don't really know. I haven't really engaged Charlotte much. Um, I'm, I don't, I couldn't tell you. My life is so simple. I don't even know what Charlotte has to offer now. Back then, Charlotte at was, was cooler. It was, it was, it was Southern hospitality. Now it's just a lot of people moved here. That's all I got for you about Charlotte. Maurice Glass says, Hey, could I ask you a question about conference confrontation for men? Good question, man. <clears throat> I love it when the brothers ask me questions, man. Sisters, we cool. We cool. We cool. I love answering our questions too. But when the brothers ask, that shows a level of humility because men don't be asking questions most of the time, sometimes. Uh, Maurice Glass says, hey, could I ask you a question about confrontation for men and how we should deal with, with it, especially when it's a relationship or another other people? Great question, man. Uh, <clears throat> as men, there's an area in us that, that loves to defend because we're protectors. Uh, sometimes our protection can go beyond the boundaries it needs to be because especially when the verse says vengeance is mine i repay and sometimes it's hard for a man to take an l in the moment and see the potential or inevitable win later and so what happens with especially husband to wife or or a man to girlfriend or whatever it is whatever person that's in your life you have to understand that you're gonna have to take some l's um, that you're gonna have to humble yourself and, and how to handle confrontation is to think three moves ahead. Um, sometimes you can be right and a person is wrong, but 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 you let that you let that person have what they have, uh, and and then then they'll come back around talking about you know you was right about that. And that's how you, because as men we like to be right because more, because we're predominantly logical. We're not always right because God graced men, uh, mature men with uh, logical ability, but God has graced women with intuition. Man, and that's what I want to tell women. There's a big difference between your intuition and your emotions. There's a lot of women who who, who confuse intuition with emotions, and emotions become manipulative. Uh, a woman's intuition is a hundred for a hundred. A man's uh, logic out of the truth of God is a hundred from hundred because those are those are guiding um, 
attributes exclusively for men and women that helps them kind of process and examine life. But it becomes perverted when we uh, uh, practice certain patterns of thought, patterns of life that, that makes us more emotional or more confrontational. But to handle your confrontation, Maurice, is to think three moves ahead. Is to have coping strategies. Like for me, I take three or four deep breaths. I calm myself down and then I think. Uh, anytime, especially now, when, especially when I'm hooping or whatnot, I remove myself from the situation. If I feel like I'm about to choke a dude out and I feel like I'm about to go at him, I just kind of walk away and say it's not worth it. And what I also do is I think of three things, three to five things that if I do this, what this this action of confrontation will affect. And that kind of calms you down because you're like, I got too much to lose right now. I got too much to lose to level my to lower myself to a person that's 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 ready to lose it all. You see what I'm saying? So as a man, when it comes to dealing with the person, you got to have coping strategies. You got to be able to think three moves ahead. You got to examine often what you could lose in that confrontational state. And it helps you calm yourself down, even in the midst of being right. The good thing about you, you have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you know what? I'm going to take this L. It may be, it may feel embarrassing. Uh, I may feel whatever about this, but the truth will reveal itself. Um, now, don't be disrespected. There's a way to handle disrespect from someone. Look, I'm going to let you do what you do, but I'm not going to let you talk to me a certain kind of way because a lot of men, they let their woman. That's why you cannot be imprisoned by a woman's private. You can't be imprisoned by, by what a woman offers because that's what got Adam in trouble. He, she, Eve was so bad and he saw her in all her glory and, and he got so caught up in the gift that when it was time for him to deny the gift that she was trying to give him, he bit into it because he was too caught up in her. And that's why a lot of women are leading homes right now because the man, well, if I don't do what she say, I ain't going to get, I don't care what, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to be in prison. My wife is not like that. So I hear my heart. You just can't, you got to be a man. And, 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 and if they want to do what they want to do, you let them do it. But, but make sure you give them the truth in the word. And then you bow, you, you bow out. What I do is I give the word, hey, this is what I think we should do. Whoop to whoop. This is what the word of God said. Whoop to whoop. And if it doesn't manifest then, the word will prove itself later. But but don't be so caught up where, well, I do want sex tonight. Well, let me just, that's manipulation. Don't let a woman use her body, use her her, her assets to make you uh, 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 ask less, answer less, and not be the man you need to be. And so let me make sure I read your question and make sure I hit every layer. Hey, could I ask you a question about confrontation for men and how we should deal with, it, especially when they are relationship with other people? When it's one man to woman, be kind, be gentle, be direct, and know when to bow out. When it comes to men, realize, hey, man, I'm not going to allow your lack of control to cause me to lack self-control. And then we both look like fools from a distance or I possibly lose everything. And you don't have, I have, especially when you have more to lose than them. Those are just those are just things on the top of the dome, and that, I'm, that should help you. I'm going to start doing an audio, uh, maybe thirty minute, twenty minute, forty minute, or whatever. Uh, barely mentioned podcast. I've I've done maybe about twelve or twenty episodes or so, because I know there's a lot of men. I get a lot of I get a lot of questions from men, um, but I have a lot to say to help men. So I'm not I'm not gonna do it in video form. I'm gonna do it just auto audio audio version. So make sure you follow me on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify, um, and be on the lookout for that barely mentioned podcast. So I'm going to be talking about things for men that's going to help them understand how to process certain things. But that's all I got, ladies and gentlemen. It's 9 o'clock. That was my my breaking point. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Um, 
I hope I hope these uh, questions helped you. Um, I got time for one more. Uh, I know the Holy Spirit be like, bro, you got one more, son. Um, Magdana says, hey, coach, was I was in church, uh, was in church leadership, fornicated, got pregnant, had the kid. The guy's in leadership, too, and we are being pressured to get married. He cheats and likes women. Does God have another? Does God have another godly man for me who can love both me and my child? I've repented and ready for a change. Listen, if you're ready for a change, God can release the change. You see what I'm saying? And what I mean by that, don't don't look, and this is for every woman, y'all listen to me closely, who has a child with no father. Uh, first off, God's a great replacement. God will help father your child. Um, make sure you reveal the attributes of God to your son or daughter. Make sure you continue, let them be honest with them and let them know, hey, your dad's not here. Your pops uh, is is a good, is, is a, is a, is a man that's, that God is still dealing with. Don't, don't paint a negative picture of it, of your, of your, uh, of their father to them because you don't know when God's going to bring reconciliation. It's going to be hard for your child to be reconciled back to a father that desires to be a father when they have a false image or or a past image of their father or a negative image of them, it's going to be hard for reconciliation to birth. But secondly, know that your sin is not going to make you second class to God. Your past sin doesn't put you in second class with God, that God can still give you a man that says, you know what? I, I desire to take, there's men out there that, that don't mind it. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and they have good hearts and they love kids and they love, uh, and they're able through the help of the Holy Ghost to handle that responsibility of another child uh, and yourself. So don't get so caught up on, well, God's going to give me a second class man because of my past sin. No, no, no. If you are, if you're ready to change, first off, just because you have a baby with someone don't mean you get married to that person. And that's, that's that because that person not ready to be a father, that person not ready to be a husband, you're putting yourself in prison. So just because you have a baby with someone doesn't mean that you married him. God is well able to sustain y'all both and that God does if you ready yourself and you heal and you and you and you deal with the issue and you change the way you feel about the issue then then God will bring the right man that's going to look at your son look at your daughter look at you and don't feel like this is going to be too much for him it's that simple because no matter what you get into it's going to be too much for you to handle <laughs> when I got into marriage there were things that was too much for me to handle on my own but when God when I welcomed the Holy Spirit into that area I found myself strengthened for that so you repented, now you keep reading yourself because sometimes God waits till children get a certain kind of age before he brings another man into the life. Sometimes bringing a man too early and, and not consulting the son or daughter can damage their psyche. You see what I'm saying? So you gotta, you gotta ask God, you know, uh, and just be okay with God allowing you to be single for some time because God cares about the child and you. You don't want to get so selfish that, well, I'm ready for a man, but maybe your child's not ready for a new man in his life. Maybe the child's not ready for for that. Maybe the child is still healing and, and, and God cares about the child too. So he knows the right time to bring the right man into your life and the life of your children. And do not allow selfishness because you may be ready for years, but your children may not. And, and don't let that make you feel bad. Like, oh man, I knew I shouldn't did it. No, just be realistic with God and say, God, whenever you're ready, I'm ready. You see what I'm saying? And when you release the man at the right time, it'll be the right time for the both of us or all of y'all. You see what I'm saying? So ladies, don't think your past sins push you in a second class place with God. If you get ready and you stay ready and you serve him, 
uh, he'll send a person when both of y'all are ready, you and your child. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I see y'all next time. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button, post notifications, so you'll be able to get when I'm doing my Q&A videos. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Um, what else I have? Um, all my books, resources, tools are on my website, imunplugged.com. You can go there now. I got six books, two card games, three courses. Join me Thursday. It's a free course. If you want the tools and resources to come with it, uh, make sure you uh, go to my website, lifework.teachable.com. All those links in the description box at the end of this video. But everything's on my website, imunplugged.com. Books, if you want to support our mentoring program, you can do so there. I got two channels, The Good Guys Podcast and Mr. Ezzy. I'll be doing more videos for children for the Mr. Ezzy channel. And me and BD are definitely doing a Good Guys Podcast again. Um, if you want to support a mentoring program, look on our Mr. Ezzy page, Propel CLT or We Propel Education. Learn more about what we do there. I love you. I'll be blessed. I'll see you all next time. Peace.